what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Hey, Meredith. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm a little groggy. I was up late watching the World Series, but I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. My team won. That's good. And so that means that we don't have to hear you talk about the World Series anymore. Yeah, my, I just say let's try to start the games a little bit earlier and try to finish before midnight. But uh, I'm here to talk Bachelor with you. Good. You know. Maybe watching the World Series games will make you appreciate that The Bachelor is only two hours. Some of the episodes feel longer than two hours, but uh, we can talk about last night's episode unless you've got some housekeeping to go through. Oh, I do have some housekeeping for us to go through. Um, Former Bachelor Matt James, Wake Forest alum who is now a top 10 football school, is writing a book. Really? Yes. (laughs) It's called... First Impressions, Off-Screen Conversations with a Bachelor on Race, Family, and Forgiveness. Out May, tw- out May 2002. No, that's wrong. 2022. <laughs> so he's going to miss the holiday sales. Yeah. Um, I'm a big reader, but this doesn't really, you know, tickle my fancy. I'm not sure I'm going to be reading Matt James's book. I probably won't either. So, uh but but good for Matt James. I'm I'm glad he's milking this uh, bachelor thing as long as he can. Yeah, he also didn't make it very far on Dancing with the Stars. I think he got kicked out week two or three, so he has some free time now. Well, I was blissfully unaware that he was even on that show. So uh, so good for me. <laughs> good for you. Okay, that's all my housekeeping. Should we get into last night's episode? It was quite quite an interesting one. You know, I I. I I hate to say this. I sort of hate myself when I say it because I sort of enjoyed the episode. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was a good episode. I hate myself. We we have some interesting characters on the on the season, and no, I'm not talking about the character that Jamie made up. <laughs> the character that Jamie made up, yes, he's. But but uh, I'm sure we'll get into Jamie. I'm not sure he's going to make my highlights. No, he he really doesn't. My first highlight is that I was right last week when I said that we would see a group date with a Will versus Peter physical competition. You were, you were right. And, and I have uh, Will or little Willie as uh, he, he was called as, as a highlight. And uh, you know, he, they did this group date uh, with, with actors from the new Top Gun uh, movie and they put the guys in some sort of G force machine which apparently he was – that's not his cup of tea. He was he was really sweating it, and they put him on the G-Force, and, uh, and he's supposed to be saying romantic things to Michelle, and he uh, says some things in Spanish, and at the end she's asking, Willie, do you need a bucket? And he says, no, I need you. Pretty nice recovery there by, by Will. Uh, and then he, he later uh, takes on Peter, who's been trash-talking the whole time, and uh, – basically dominates him in the physical competition. Yeah, I don't I understand where this rivalry came from with last week Will saying that Peter's a narcissist. I didn't really understand what sparked it again this week. It seemed to be that when 
Peter was in the puking wheel of death that he spoke to Michelle in Italian and then Will went right after him and spoke in Spanish and Peter found that to be copying his ideas and that's what instigated the issues last night. It, it seems a little silly to me, but you know, Peter Peter's not looking good these days. <laughs> no, I think that if if he comes back for the men tell, tell all show and they start showing clips he he didn't get a you can blame this i don't think you can blame this one on the producers i think he earned uh, everything that he got yeah i do too i can see him having a unsuccessful brief stint on paradise but i don't imagine we'll see much more of peter in our lives well, you may, maybe you'll see him on Paradise. I'm going to avoid watching Paradise, but but he probably deserves he deserves to be on that show. They 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 deserve him. <laughs> Another high for me was during the Peter and Will argument um, at the cocktail party of the group date. Nate gave us a really good Jim Halpert look to camera moment that I enjoyed. We we have. Will and Peter arguing on each side of him and the camera just slowly zooms in on him and he looks to camera and it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've really been, I've, I've liked Nate. I think Nate is a really good guy. And, and, uh, um, and, and I also, uh, we might get into this at other points, but I, I really like Nate and I put this as a highlight, the fact that, the end of the episode when it comes out that Jamie was the person who fed Michelle these stories about, you know, the, all the guys are questioning, questioning you, you know, as opposed to you know, all the rumors going around, Nate says to the other guys, Hey, let's get, let's go talk to Jamie. Let's bring Jamie up here and talk directly to him. That's how you deal with these things. Way to go, Nate. Nate seems to have his head screwed on cor- too correctly for this show. Yeah, it was sort of disappointing when we saw the previews for next week. He seems to be getting into some sort of loud argument with a, another one of the guys. So that 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 bummed me out a little bit. But uh, yeah, up to this point in time, Nate has been very even keeled and and um, very normal. Yeah, what's yeah. he doing here? <laughs> I also enjoyed Michelle being the one to tell tell Rick, but eventually like tell the men that Jamie was the one that brought up the whole issues with last week. You know, we, it was inevitable that the men would find out who it was, but Jamie made it pretty clear that he wasn't going to out himself. So when Michelle told Rick, I was like, Oh, here we go. Here come the fireworks. This is going to be good. But she, she takes care of her business properly. She, she uh, addresses the whole thing in front of everyone and bye bye Jamie. Mm-hmm. I also enjoyed Michelle talking about her experiences as a black woman this week. She did it in the spoken word. She did it um, on her one-on-one date with Rodney. And I feel like she does it in a way that we haven't seen before on The Bachelor in that it feels more natural and isn't like a forced conversation. Like sometimes with Matt James, it felt like a little uncomfortable, especially since we had so many issues post-show with race. And I just like how it's being handled by Michelle, by the producers this season, and I've enjoyed watching it. Well, she, and she comes off as, as very thoughtful uh, and, and as someone that has had to, to 
to live a certain life that uh, you know she she's okay to share and and had a lot of challenges with it. So yeah, I mean, I, she's she's very she's very uh, intelligent and she's been a good uh, what do you call her the lead the host whatever she is she's she's done a great job. Yeah, I agree. I think that she is so. I mean, we're only what two three episodes in. I think that she is a top contender for one of the best bachelorettes ever. I'll, I'll defer that to you. I don't. Uh, I don't track that. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other highs? Couple, couple quick ones. Uh, you know the, the the physical competition. You know Clayton. He's a truck man. That guy is a truck. He was just mowing people down on. I don't know what that competition is called. You know, and he seemed like a nice guy, but he's a beast. And uh, so I, I I made a, a note of that and. I put down as a highlight, just just because of the entertainment value, you know, streaking in a hotel lobby. You know, I don't recommend this, but uh, from an entertainment value, um, on on our one on one date with uh, what's his name, Rodney, Rodney, Rodney. Uh, the fact that uh, I don't know how we got into this, someone's going to have to streak situation, but basically uh, he had to streak around the hotel lobby. Now, I will say this really only works if you're the only people in this hotel, you know, which appears that uh, this this hotel is pretty much owned by the Bachelor franchise uh, for, for this period of time. I do think it could have been more entertaining if it wasn't rented out by the Bachelor franchise and there were, you know, random strangers looking down from the balconies. Uh, would have been interesting, yes. Okay, so my main low of the episode is from the first group date. I understood zero of the Top Gun references that were made during the date. I've never seen Top Gun. I have no idea who any of the the two actors were helping with the date. I don't understand this Maverick reference. I don't know what was going on at all. So so we have a generational issue there. When the movie Top Gun came out maybe 30 years ago. I don't know. It basically made Tom Cruise the big time movie star of his time. And, you know, they were giving names to all these guys, because all the pilots, you know, he's, he's a, a Navy pilot. They all have their little nicknames and Tom Cruise's nickname is Maverick. So that's Tom Cruise mm-hmm. is Maverick. And they were giving all their, these guys names. So I, it was a movie that was great for, recruiting people to join the Navy because it uh, sort of glorified the whole thing. And it was, it was very cool, very well done movie. Lots of, you know, rock and roll music, fast planes, fast cars, Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Kelly McGinnis, I think. So, you know, I, I feel like I've let you down by not forcing you to watch that movie at some point in your life. No, it's okay. It just really doesn't sound like my cup of tea. Now I will say that I put down as a low, they, they they roll out these guys, Glenn Powell and Jay Ellis, uh, as the new stars of the movie Maverick. I've never heard of them. Uh, you know, they're, they're rolling these guys out like they're some big deals and uh, never heard of them. I've never uh, heard it, of them either. And I don't understand. They're actors, but they're pretending like they're these pilots and making these guys do all of these things, acting as if. They're pilots, and this is like their normal job. Maybe they had to do it to train for the movie. But I'm like, 
you're kind of faking it, dude. Yeah, yeah. They, one of them said, uh, you know, while, while we're when they're getting ready to put them in in the G force machine, which I think you called the puking something or other. Um, you know, they said we had to portray emotion while pulling G's, and I'm thinking. I bet there were some stuntmen involved in this movie. Um, yeah, maybe you had to do a little bit of that, but I'm, I'm questioning how much uh, they really put you through. And uh, going a little bit further, the other group date where they did their, their poetry slam public speaking thing, which they all seem to do a very good job with, uh, they bring out another celebrity, I, I do with air quotes, Rudy Francisco, a spoken word poet. And, and I feel bad, never heard of him either. Um, so yeah, I'm just, the celebrity quotient here seems to be going down a bit. Yeah. Chris G seemed to know who he was though. Seemed very excited. Um, I would agree the celebrity, you know, we, we've definitely gone downhill from what we used to get with like, um, Kevin Hart and Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, but it's okay because we got to see Michelle hold the puke bucket for the dizzy machine from hell. Why would Michelle be holding the puke bucket? That's disgusting. Well, I think she's trying to support the men, and she probably realized that they're probably not going to puke. It looks like you know you're you're getting a little points there, but hopefully you're not getting any puke on you. Well, I feel like it's totally reasonable for at least one of them to have puked. I probably would have gotten sick. I don't have the strongest of stomachs, but like that just looks terrible. You definitely would have gotten sick. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I would, and, and if I had gotten sick and there was a bachelor standing next to my dizzy machine holding a puke bucket and that's where I had to get sick, that would make it so much worse. Probably the wrong impression there. Yeah. It, 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 you wouldn't be on the show much longer. Yeah, maybe it would be endearing, but if someone puked into a bucket I was holding, I would immediately tell them to head on home. <laughs> Well, I, I, if, if any uh, future significant others of you are listening, I hope they take note. <laughs> all right. Th- those were my lows. You know, th- they pretty much all came from that one group date. The only so so also on that group date, the and you won't you didn't you don't understand this reference. Peter, who we all hate uh, by this point makes reference to loving when, when the, the two Maverick actors walk out and he realizes what's going on. He talks about how much he loves the volleyball scene. The volleyball scene is really Tom Cruise and these really ripped guys all taking their shirts off, pretty much oiling up and playing volleyball. No girls, just all the guys playing volleyball against each other. Yeah. And it made me scratch my head a little bit. I mean, there's some, you know, that's, that's like great. And maybe I would have picked as my favorite. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, you know, there are a lot of things that I liked and enjoyed about Top Gun. If I, if I was to think, oh, what's my favorite scene? I'm probably not going to the volleyball scene. I mean, you know, good for them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be judgy, just not, not the – you would really enjoy that scene. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll watch the movie then or just find that scene on YouTube. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. So my other low light, and I I suspect you're going to address it somewhere, is 
uh, after uh, the group date that uh, Jamie was on and, and Michelle gives the rose to Martin and they're, they're all walking out and it looks like Jamie grabs a producer or somebody and goes off into another room to voice his, to air his complaints and his concerns that um, he can't believe that the, after a nationwide search, these are the best guys that they could come up with. And that, uh, you know, he's way up here. And the guy that got the rose, Brendan, is Brandon. way down. He's one Brandon. of the top four. Is he? <laughs> yes. Okay. Way go me. Um, he's way down here. And this is just like Michelle's spring break. And he doesn't believe he, he can't believe he has to do this for six more weeks. Um, I don't know if I call this a highlight, low light. Uh, or what I call it, but it was certainly notable. You must have thoughts. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think number one rule, if you go on this show, listeners, you're always being recorded and you're, the producers are not your friend. And so this producer is like sitting there laughing with Jamie, kind of egging him on, knowing that he's miked and then they're recording him being a total douchebag. It's just not a good look. Um, He had been saying awful things all day. I'll just get into it. Jamie is one of my wrong reasons because I think he's the real narcissist of the season, and he's also pretty delusional. Um, He was saying things like before the group date, like these guys should be nervous to go on a date with me, not a date with Michelle. Like I have a better connection with her. I look at Michelle in the eyes and just see someone who's so captivated by me. Um, And when he said that Michelle was in spring break mode and shouldn't be acting like that if she really saw her husband in the room, I was trying to understand like what he meant by that. The only thing I could come up with is that like he thought she was being kind of like promiscuous or slutty and like leading all these men on. And it, it was, it made me a little mad. Like this is, the show she's gonna date all these guys all she's doing is kissing them it's not not that promiscuous well you know from from my generation you're not supposed to go around kissing 20 guys uh you know as you're dating them that's you know but that's my generation you know but um yeah he was certainly i don't know if, if he or or peter get the narcissist award i think they're both uh both in the running there. Yeah. But delusional is good. Arrogant. You know, he's, he's pretty much a nutcase. And, and. Jamie is just like a different type of villain than we're used to. Like usually on these shows, we're used to the Peter villain and Jamie is much more intelligent than the average villain that we see on the show. Like you can tell he's a smart guy, but he just doesn't have the social understanding of how to interact with people. And, he he's just he's so arrogant when Michelle was talking to him in front of the whole group during the cocktail party trying to understand like where the miscommunication was going on his facial expressions during that conversation would have made me want to punch him right in the face he was such a dick (laughs) yeah so so anyway I I, I I was entertained by the the conversation that he had with the producer, and 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 you're exactly right. Uh, everything is being taped here. Um, 
I guess I guess uh, the only place that you can sort of go to get away from it is is last season when Katie ran into the bathroom and locked the door, and uh, but even then we can still hear them. Yeah, and you probably don't need to hear people when they're in the bathroom, but uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that was whether that's a highlight, low light. It certainly stood out. I will say to to Jamie's point that you know. They searched all of the nation, and these were the men they came up with. I'm not that impressed with this group of men. They are not up to the caliber of hotness that we're used to on this show. They seem very nice, and it's great that it's a more diverse cast. But some of these guys, Jamie himself, not attractive to at all. I don't find Will attractive. I don't find Peter attractive. Many of like I think I could count on five hands the number of guys. Five hands, five fingers, one hand, one hand. <laughs> How many I find attractive this season? Okay. Well, I, I'm, that's sort of not my area of expertise. I mean, they all look very presentable and, and some of them, yeah, there, there, there seem to be maybe a few more, I don't say intelligent guys in there. I mean, you've got like a mathematician, you got, uh, you, you got a few people that don't fit the typical, uh, bachelor mode there, but um, I, I don't know. I can't tell whether this cast is any better or worse than the others. There's no like standout. There's no Greg equivalent this season for me. Okay. Well, since you since you started with wrong reasons, I, I will. You know, my wrong reason. You know, I I, I went back and forth between uh, you know Jamie and our friend Peter, uh, who also is a nutcase. Uh, you know, he's having this big issue with Will. Will wins the the group date, gets uh, a flight jacket from our Maverick people, and uh, they have this big argument. And then when Will steps off for a second, Peter takes a jacket and throws it into the pool, makes Will cry. That's you know, but, really sad. You know, um, and basically, uh, Peter's a total jerk. He, you know, I'm scratching my head trying to figure why he's on this show. You know, we, we, we go through this right reason, he's wrong. he's not hot. I, whatever. But, uh, you know, but why did he come on this show? Because it just feels like he's more interested in. Um, His pizza? Well, he's definitely more interested in the pizza, but he seems like he's there for some sort of competition of my penis is bigger than your penis type competition with the guys. And you're the expert on the the toxic masculinity, but it seems to me that this guy is just the poster child for toxic masculinity. This guy's just an idiot. I I don't even think toxic masculinity when I see him. I just think you're stupid. Like – Pull that sweater off of your shoulders. Stop wearing it like that. Stop throwing shit in the pool. He says so many dumb things like when he's arguing with Will about how, quote, we're going to change lives one slice at a time. I mean, I like pizza as much as the next person. I'm not sure that any pizza restaurant is going to save my life, though. Um, And I also think Will mentioned something about Peter's pizza restaurant not even being open. Well, Peter said he's got three, you know, so, uh, you know, you, you can do some half-ass internet research on that and try to figure out what the, the real story is. But uh, what about your right reason? Okay. First, Michelle, 
for sending Jamie's sorry ass home. I wasn't expecting that. You know, we got rid of both villains in one episode. And, you know, I was thinking, who's going to be our new villain now? It looks like we're based off of the next time on The Bachelor. That will be that role will be filled. But I, I like that Michelle sent him home. She's doing a good job of being like, okay, this is a red flag. You're just going to go. She's not going to appease the producers, keep anyone around that she doesn't see a future with. But my real right reason is going to Nate. I saw many good qualities come out of him last night, how he handled a lot of these situations. You know, when Peter threw Will's jacket in the pool and Will came back, Nate tried to give him some advice and be like, you know, just sit back. Don't do anything. You can be the bigger person here. I thought that was really good advice. Um, I thought it was really cute when he and Michelle ran away together during the cocktail party. And like you said before, him wanting to confront Jamie head on to hear his side of the story of why he talked to Michelle last week about the men not trusting her and also being able to see through Jamie's excuses slash story slash there was a character in the room, blah, blah, blah. Like he, he really, he's, he knows what's going on here. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. Well, I, for for right reason, I picked I picked Michelle as well. More, and I picked her more because of the the poem that she read during the uh, the group date. It was just so heartfelt and sincere. Uh, one of the, one of the best things I've heard on this crazy ass show. So I I I thought that uh, Michelle she, she she really opened it up, put her heart out there. Uh, you know, she, we all hear about trying to be vulnerable on this show, but it seems like often the lead doesn't need to be vulnerable. She's asking the others to be vulnerable. She showed that she's vulnerable. So I, 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 I go with Michelle there. Yeah. I think that, you know, if we have a lot of teachers like Michelle out there, we can feel good about the next generation. Sounds good. All right. Who's your, who's your MVP? My MVP of the week, we haven't spoken about him much, but he had a one-on-one date. It's going to Rodney. He His date just looked so fun. He just seems so sweet and nice. I almost get Andrew S. vibes from last season. I'm not even sure if I remember Andrew S., but go ahead. He, I think it's cute that he thinks of himself as an underdog. And he got to give Michelle a taste of his own medicine when she was trying foods blindfolded. However, she did do much better than Rodney at guessing what food she was trying blindfolded. The streaking through the hotel lobby was enjoyable. And that Tasha and Caitlin and the other guys got to see. And I I just enjoyed the one-on-one date. date. Well, I think that uh, Rodney uh, is a good choice. They did have a pretty fun uh, one-on-one date, and uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think you can go wrong with that one. I do see him ultimately getting friend-zoned. Yeah, I don't really see him. You know, I guess it's possible he can make the Final Four, but doubtful. I don't know. I think when there's the purge right before hometown episode, that's when he's going to go. 
Yeah, and that'll be a sort of a that, that that'll be a a difficult uh, one for Michelle to say goodbye to because he strikes me as he's he's not going to get into the uh, the backbiting and all that sort of stuff. I think he seems like a, a just a, a pretty good guy that uh, will get along with the other guys. Will be a solid person for Michelle to have around, but I'm not sure I see him making it to the finals there. No, me neither. I know Michelle talked about how he escaped the friend zone, got into the relationship zone. I just I don't see that being a permanent escape. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you have any fatherly advice to wrap us up? So a few thoughts. Uh, you know, this one sort of just watching our friend Peter, the pizza guy. We all need to remember the world doesn't revolve around you, Peter or you, Meredith, or me, the dad, you know, it's a big world out there. We all have a role to play in it. Uh, don't be a selfish prick. Okay, I'm sorry I said that, but uh, that's sort of the way that Peter comes off. So. That was so scandalous. I know. Well, you know, you, you've raised the, the the bar there for the language there. So anyway, or lowered it, I guess. Uh, let's look out for our friends. You know, Martin seem to be doing a good job checking in on Michelle, supporting Michelle. Maybe it was a little bit self-serving, but, uh, you know, let's, let's, you know, if, you, if one of your friends seems to, to need a, um, a little pat in the back, let's be sensitive to that. Uh, don't let hubris blind you. This was Jamie's problem. You know, he's so into himself, the arrogance, you know, the, the hubris can be a problem. So, uh, don't be so self-absorbed that you, you miss the big picture. And finally, please, you really shouldn't go streaking in the hotel. You really shouldn't be doing that, our younger folks out there. But if you do, you've probably earned that rose from your significant other. You know, the mom was, uh, I think, watching a little bit of that with me and said, he better get a rose. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you really have earned a rose. Hopefully, it doesn't have any thorns that might be uncomfortable. But anyway, uh, that's my fatherly advice for the day. Okay. That was interesting. I feel like we got a little off the rails towards the end there, but we all could use some fatherly advice in our lives. So we, we appreciate it, Dad. You're welcome. Well, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to comment, rate, and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we'd like to thank Mesh for hosting our podcast go check them out they have lots of other great shows that you can listen to i think that's all we have for this week though so join us next time to hear more of michelle's season from the right reasons and my dad's You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.